Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, it's Meredith Feynman, host of It Never Gets Old, hopping in to let you know that this episode was recorded before coronavirus. Thus, we are talking about going out into the world without worrying about face masks. The world looks really different now, and I hope you are social distancing and staying safe, informed, and responsible. This podcast was also recorded before Black Lives Matter, recent protests, and unrest. As always, from It Never Gets Old, Black Lives Matter. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand, resale, sustainable, consignment, thrift, and beyond. Because the future of fashion is nothing new. I am your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hi, Meredith. Uh, It is extremely hot here on the West Coast today. In fact, well, I'm I'm in the Bay Area. I talked to some friends down in L.A. earlier, and they were like, yeah, it's pretty hot, like mid-80s. And I was like, <laughs> child, it's <laughs> over 100 degrees here today, and I'm Whoa. going to complain. Yeah. But, but hey, you know, it's after Memorial Day. What are you going to do? It happens. I know. So we're going to get into our treats. Uh, but before we get into our treats, I do want to say we're doing something a little bit different today because ding, 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 ding. My book, Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. If you're listening to this, it, when this episode comes out, it will have come out two days prior, which rocketing myself now three weeks as we're recording three weeks before uh i can't imagine my book actually finally being out in the world but i wanted to do a crossover episode between two things that i do and uh here we are doing them that's awesome yeah and i i know that you talk about your book on the show in passing but we've never really gotten into the nuts and bolts of it and i think that there's a lot that people can can get out of your message and and learn a little bit more about why you do what you do and and how you do it thanks boo so first let's quickly do treats um i am eating in quarantine because we're now week whatever i don't know i've stopped counting counting does not help but i am just having a lot of graham crackers i don't know why or how i got back into graham crackers i feel like i remember in elementary school when we had snack which now is very different because i think they give you like kale and green juice and schmancy stuff or whatever but your options were it was either like graham crackers and a little milk carton 
or orange. I guess you got milk or orange juice. And then the crackers would cycle. So it was either graham crackers, saltines, or maybe goldfish. Anyway, haven't had that many graham crackers since, but then I got really back into them. Um, They're a delicious treat. And then I ordered uh, some on Amazon and I accidentally ordered seven boxes. So... You've got an issue with this. <laughs> Remember the banana incident of March? I know where I where I asked for eight bananas and they gave me eight pounds of bananas, which I have frozen all the other ones uh, so they didn't go totally bad and not made banana bread like everyone else in quarantine, but made smoothies with them. So listen, I mean, I'm making my way through these graham crackers. I stuck the six boxes like in a corner and I will just have graham crackers for a while. So that's what I'm that's what I'm treating myself to. I haven't had graham crackers in some time. Uh, some friends of mine uh, were hanging out with me recently over the last holiday weekend that we had. And they were like, they kept asking me, you want some s'mores? We're going to make s'mores. And I was like, nah, not really. It's just not a thing that I want. But I don't know why. They, everything about the s'more is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and the graham cracker is, 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 you know, the legs of the whole operation. So maybe I'll give it a try. Well, so for any, like, I guess anyone who might not know what a s'more is for some reason, it's very American. So if you're a listener who isn't in the United States or you just didn't do it, uh, a s'more is, and I wonder, uh, I'm not going to look into it right now. If it, I, I'm sure it was a marketing concept. Someone either at Hershey's or at Jet Puff Marshmallow or at, uh, you know, graham crackers or whatever. But basically, the idea is you roast a marshmallow over an open fire. It's very like camp adjacent campfire. And then you take that marshmallow and create a sandwich where the bread is graham crackers. And then the um, like you also put Hershey's chocolate in it and then a marshmallow. So it's basically fucking delicious. But I can understand as you are not a sweets woman why you might not indulge in America's, one of America's favorite treats. I know, I know. It, it, and it's such a, like, it's like a sad, antisocial thing for someone to be like, want a <laughs> s'more, Sarah? Like, everything about this is so fun. Friends getting together over a fire. And I'm like, eh, no, I really don't. But, um, but next time I'm going to say yes. For those of us in quarantine, actually, you can get the same effect. I was just thinking about this. I was like, oh, I'm going to make s'mores. And then I realized I don't have a flame on my stove and I don't feel like lighting myself on fire. So I think you can do it by like microwaving maybe a marshmallow a little bit. You could probably try to do it in the microwave because we're all in quarantine. Please be careful. Thank you. PSA. Well, my treat of the week uh, comes from my mother who is a really good cook and she always has been, but she's like, whereas I'm like, Hey, I made banana bread or I made cornbread or I made brownies again. Uh, That's like, makes me feel really good about myself. My mom is like doing like very complicated souffles and you know, she's just being a a retired show off. Uh, However, she doesn't live that far away from me. So I do get to reap the rewards now that she and I are safely hanging out with each other as much as we can. We didn't see each other for months and really sucked. Uh, But anyway, so I saw her yesterday and she comes over at like 10 a.m. And she's like, I baked you a loaf of bread this morning. Wow, like real like, bread? What kind of bread? Like sourdough like, millennial bread? Like sourdough millennial bread, yeah. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, this morning? I mean, you must have gotten up like at five. She's like, yeah, 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 I did. And I also made you cookies. And so it was just this like beautiful thing where you're just like, 
mom energy make me the baked goods that's also so. very obviously where you get it from sarah is a very much a morning person i very much am allergic to mornings now this is where you got it from <laughs> oh yeah uh, yeah for sure yeah i mean but she's i'm not getting up at 5 a.m and baking a loaf of bread i'm like like sipping coffee and trying to come to life type thing but anyway she brought the bread i haven't actually gotten into the cookies yet because I didn't know how to say, Mom, I don't even really want these cookies. But it was just so nice that I'll just keep them or whatever. I'll, like, freeze them. But the loaf of bread is pretty much gone. I've eaten the whole thing. And Mm. it was a delight. And there's nothing like not only fresh bread, but knowing that somebody who loves you made it for you. Yeah, that's really nice. All kinds of treats. So I think this is the first time on It Never Gets Old I'm ever going to recommend that you, staunchly recommend that you buy something firsthand, uh, which is simply only because you can't buy it secondhand yet, uh, which is my book, Brag Better. So I guess Sarah is going to interview me about it, and it's a nice little different type of episode. So fire away, Miss Lane. Well, you know, it's funny because it sort of works in our favor because on It Never Gets Old... I often am asking Mare questions that she already knows the answers to, and I'm still kind of wrapping my head around the secondhand world. And a lot of Brag Better, the book, is is almost the same kind of concept where I'm like, I'm really interested in this. I can benefit from it, but I have a lot to learn. So for anybody who's maybe just hearing about it for the first time, what's the overall concept of why why you wrote the book and what you want people to get out of it? Yes. So... Those of you that listen to It Never Gets Old um, may not know about my day job. I mean, they're all my jobs because I made them. But I run a consultancy called Fine Point, and I have run it for about 10 years. And that consultancy, as it lies now, uh, represents people and helps them be in public and helps them establish their voice and tell their story and get recognition, whether that is, you know, on a grand stage like television or panels or within their company or organization. Uh, I also have a specialty in women in positions of power and what it means to be a woman in public and why that's different and why that's hard, but I don't only work with women. So brag better stems from a couple things. I am also a freelance writer of about 15 years and circling in and around the media, I started to notice a bunch of things when I was running my company more as a PR shop, which was that... We had a really intense, and we do, have a very intense inverse relationship between volume and merit. Uh, We reward loud and guaranteed, if you're listening to this, you can think of someone in your industry, someone you work with, someone you look at on the internet who has done less than you have but gets more recognition and gets more praise. And I didn't think that was fair. And I also thought it was a really screwed up system of how we rewarded people's voices. And as much as I'd like to be optimistic and say that we can get the loud people to be quiet, that's not the case. So it's the matter of getting the quiet people to turn up the volume. Uh, So I identify my audience as the qualified quiet. People have done the work but don't know how to talk about it. And that is irrespective of both gender and level of seniority. Bragging better can happen at the very, very beginning of your career, whether it's in a college classroom or at a very high level in a corporate boardroom. And so that was one thing I saw. Then I also realized that 
as I was representing people, I kind of became the go-to for individual representation in PR because people had seen me do other projects. Like I have my writing and now I have this podcast and people wanted to build sort of a personal brand and expand their reach and their voices. And I realized that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. Uh, This was particularly obvious for women, uh, though it's difficult for everyone to some degree. If you are an introspective you know, self-aware person, that stuff feels scary and hard and anxiety provoking and awful, which is why Brag Better exists. That's the point. And I was watching the entire trajectory of young women that want to work for me that couldn't state what they had done in a cohesive or confident way. Then I would have friends where I'd have to hop in and play publicist and talk to other people about how great they were. And then I saw that with really, really high-powered household name clients. And that is where it came from. I've been working on this concept since fall of 2013 uh, when I came up with it in Las Vegas at a pool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the process of writing a book, I know tangentially through you that it's really fucking hard. Um, there are so many iterations, it's time, it's, you know, years of your life. You know, the passion has to be there, but even after that has to be there, so many other things have to fall in place for it even to become a reality. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to go back uh, quickly to that note that you made about that person who's in your industry that isn't as qualified as you, maybe just isn't as good as you at, at whatever you're doing And gets the attention, and we all know that person. I mean, I can think of like 10 people on Twitter right now that just like annoy me to bits because they just, they seem like blowhards, and Mm -hmm. yet they get a lot out of it. And I think that a lot of us, the concept of bragging, you know, because for a lot of people, bragging is like, ooh, don't do that. You know, that's rude. Um, you don't want to come off as that person on Twitter that's your, like, secret nemesis. But there's there are tools that we can use so that we just do it better. Yes. So some notes on that. I obviously see this as a net positive. It's really scary to talk positively about professional accomplishment and brag about yourself and hype yourself. Um, And that's why this entire roadmap of my work, but also this book exists. Let's talk about the word brag. It's not a pretty one. Um, Over the past seven years, I've done a ton of speaking and training on why bragging matters and why it matters for career. I'm really grateful that a lot of early reviews of Brag Better have talked about sort of the personal implications of some of these strategies. But my message is that bragging is a crucial part of your work and your career. And by not doing it, you're missing out on opportunities. So the word brag, it's not a pretty one. And a lot of people have tried to stop me from using it because of that. I am in the business of getting attention and using voice and also as a writer playing with language. The issue is that we have no other words to describe the act of talking positively about professional accomplishment. So even I didn't really have a choice. I mean, I liked that it was a little bit subversive and it's just the idea of reclaiming the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but the definition of brag means to talk about oneself boastfully. And if that which doesn't give you anything. And if you look into boastful, uh, it means to talk about oneself with excessive pride, which just underscores how deeply subjective this is, but also why a lot of people don't brag. You don't have proper role models. 
uh, you see a lot of people screaming and then the rest of us that have no idea what to do. Uh, and to some degree, we are all part of the qualified quiet. It's a strength and not a weakness. This is all a learnable, teachable skill set. I've taught it to myself and so many other people at this point. Uh, but also you don't have a vocabulary for this. So you don't even have the words to know how to begin, which is really what brag better puts into place. And, you know, I was talking earlier because obviously I'm talking ad nauseum about the book and I literally wrote a book on bragging. So I really have to like live my own principles. People are going to have their opinions. As I said, I think it's, you know, an overall net positive. But people are always worried and say to me, well, what if people think I'm obnoxious or what if I brag too much? The difference between someone who's a quote unquote blowhard and you is that level of self-awareness. And that's actually going to physically stop you from being able to brag too hard. Like, it's just not possible. It's not going to happen. Um, so figuring out a way to do it in, that feels good and true to you and by your own models is is really important. It's not about like trying to be like anyone else's voice or trying to emulate these blowhards. You can do this in a way that is true to who you are in your authentic voice, but also moves the needle. And I think that people who are proud of themselves and are excited to share their accomplishments with the world, uh, they set themselves apart naturally from somebody who's just narcissistic and, you know, it, and, and touting themselves unnecessarily. I, I think the rest of us, it's not like I say, oh, if somebody's a bragger, they're doing it wrong. There are a lot of times where I'm like, wow, that, that person seems like they're really doing it right. But it is a, it's a skill that has to be learned because I think so many of us, especially from a very early age, learned not to do that because uh, it would be off-putting. Yes. And so a lot of this, I never thought that my work would delve so deeply into the quote unquote old stories that we tell ourselves about visibility and voice. So maybe you gave a presentation in fifth grade that you were so proud of and people made fun of you and you never wanted to put yourself out there again. Or in your house, you got the messaging that it was much better to be seen and not heard. Uh, if you're a woman, uh, that is, you know, so much of the messaging aimed at women is to just, you know, shut up and look pretty. And then there are real, true, tangible dangers of being a woman who decides to be out there and use her voice. You know, I always say that it's really easy to take a shot at someone who has put themselves out there. And this is scary and anxiety provoking, but uh, it can help you in your career. And it is an essential part of work that it's not fair that just the blowhards can reap the rewards of that. And I also define bragging as stating true facts about your career in a strategic way. You know, you've done the things. If you haven't done them, then that's lying. But most of the time, it's just stating facts. Right, right. And in your book, which I've had the pleasure of, of being able to see, you know, ahead of, uh, ahead of a few others, uh, there are some really great examples real world examples of, you know, folks that you've encountered who were extremely accomplished, but they were just, they were missing, they were missing this element that would get them on, you know, sort of the brighter stage. And a lot of that is someone might be listening and saying, okay, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I do my work. I do it well. People seem to respect me. I mean, am I, what am I doing wrong exactly? Do I really have to be bragging without this sort of like, having the bragging foundation in place, you get lost in the shuffle. Yes. And so 99.9% .9 of people that come to me for speaking or training or representation say the same thing, which is that they would rather put their head down and do the work and think their work will speak for itself. 
And that's not really, unfortunately, the type of economy or ecosystem that we that we reside in. Um, and it's not particularly fair, but it is just how it is. And so learning to talk about your work is a, is work. It's hard work and it is a part of doing your work. It's a part of the value you bring to your company or the value you bring to yourself. Um, it's doing yourself and your colleagues and your bosses a service, but also nobody knows what you've done or what you want, especially work-wise, until you directly tell them. We are also in our own heads. We think everyone knows our faults and our strengths, but the truth is like everybody's very busy thinking about themselves. And also, I wrote an extra chapter while in quarantine on how to brag better online and from home. And I put that audio up here in the archive of It Never Gets Old. It was one of our episodes where I'm reading this extra chapter because business and the way that we interact professionally has changed almost overnight and I think will have long lasting implications. Even if a lot of your work is remote, even if a lot of your work is online, it's just a whole different thing. And you have to lay that foundation, especially because we're kind of, I mean, we don't feel it as much because we're all tired, but We're in this emergency situation where you have to be more explicit than ever about the work you've done and showing people that because everybody's just trying to survive, man, whether that is honestly very, very literal or or figurative. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's <laughs> fewer network events will happen in the future, or at least the foreseeable future. So you you have to get a little bit creative if that's something that interests you. You mentioned writing the book and the extra chapter and pandemic, and boy, has it been an interesting time for you to do this. Now, huh. Brag Better goes, you know, the concept of it, it, it's obviously been near and dear to your heart for a really long time, but Walk us through for those of us who are like, I'd love to write a book, but that sounds really hard. Like what? Like, how do you even do that? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. It's a deeply masochistic practice. It's not glamorous. But if you're a writer or someone that wants to write a book, you just feel compelled to do it anyway. So I collaborated on a book, a data book that came out in 2018. So I was lucky in that this is technically my second book. It's really the first one with my full name on the door. And it's really only my you know intellectual property and ideas and, you know, my child, my baby. But It's been a really long time. So I genuinely came up with this idea in September of 2013. It's been seven years. I tried to shop it in 2015. It didn't work. I thought it was dead in the water. And then, you know, I pushed, pushed, pushed. I've pitched a million book projects. I've always known I wanted to write a book. I tried to do a humor book. I tried to do a different book. I tried to do like a million different things. And it's hard to do. So the traditional route is you get an agent, someone to represent you, and that person presents your concept to a bunch of editors. And you sort of have that, you don't really go straight to editors. You have to do this like very sort of formal dance, if you will. And you have to write a proposal, which is basically a marketing document in highly specific language and format. And not only... They're not really concerned you can write a book. They're also deeply concerned you can sell a book because this is, you know, an industry. This is a profession. This is a business. And so I, with Brag Better this time around, have a great agent. I went with Portfolio at Penguin Random House. I was lucky in that I got a couple different offers for it. But this one really had the broadest vision. I think a lot of people would have let me write it as more of like, a feminist manifesto, but I really wanted it to have as much of a wide appeal and remove the gender element if I could. Um, and so then the writing piece. So 
writing a book is a lot of hurry up and wait, which is to mean that like you wait, 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 wait. Do they want it? Do they want it? Do they want it? Oh my God, they want it. How long is it going to take to get the contracts through? And then they want you to write it as quickly as possible. So I wrote this in like five months, which is really, really, really short. Uh, Door to door, like the closest you can do on a book is like maybe a year and a half from when you sell it. Like it's very slow. And then I, so every single morning, the key was before I checked my email, I would write or work on it for an hour. I, a lot of people, a lot of writers do word counts. Like I have to write X, Y, and Z number of words. I'm like, no, you just have to stare at your computer for an hour. Um, and I dictated a lot of it to at least get something on a page and then iterate from there. And then you have to go through the whole editing process. Uh, and then more editing and more editing and more editing and then the marketing and then you get this release date and then I was like all you know hell-bent on uh, May 19th and then corona happened so that's some of the process yeah so when you say May 19th that was the original release date uh the launch date it was it was we talked about it last we started last year it was a big deal and it was a big going to be a huge milestone for you and you're really excited about it. Now, many people out there had lots of milestones of their own and we live in a different world now and lots of things have been shelved or just outright canceled. So how did you uh, decide to, to to push the launch of the book and, and what did you do? You mentioned that you added an extra chapter because there's just stuff that you have to do from home now because life is different. Yeah, so the cha- the extra chapter on bragging uh, better from home and online is free to anyone and available on brag-better.com. Um, and, you know, I'll put more links and stuff to everything. But uh, that actually is not in the book itself because it was way too late. Everything is on a very long lead with publishing. Um, and I, I just got my, like, finished books and then I, I just, like, stared at it and held it. And I was like, yeah, I did it. And I was like, oh, no, I have to shill it for a long time. Um, but, yeah, so... I'm a very type A anxious person. I was like May 19th, May 19th, May 19th, May 19th. And then Corona was just like literally like hold my beer. Um, (laughs) And it just knocked me on my ass. And for a week I was freaking out because people didn't know what was going to happen with big projects with books. Like, you know, Amazon had said they were delaying shipping books, period. They were the largest bookseller. Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I'm very, very lucky that my book was only moved by about a month um, to June 16th. And, you know, we're still seeing a strong grad angle and career angle. And frankly, strangely, you know, the silver lining is I hope that this book can help a lot of people in a time of uncertainty like this. But yeah, it really threw me. I mean, I wanted to have the book tour and the book parties and sign everything with Sharpies. And like, you know, I had this whole tour planned out and I was going to all these cities and like doing all this stuff. And now you just have to like, now I have figured out Zoom and I'm hosting like different talks and you just have to like figure it out and I was I was comatose and really 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 upset and Sarah is one of my closest friends so she has seen all of the life cycles especially when I was kaplotzing and then I was sort of like I've waited seven years to do this so um get out of the way we're gonna figure it out well the pandemic sucks and you have handled it well and if I were about to publish a book that you know when you you've got that date and then all of a sudden oh it's another month like you're right it could be they could have said oh this is shelved for like five years until we figure out things that would that have sucked a lot more so you did get lucky in that regard but it's still 
it still does, it throws you. It throws everything for a loop. Um, and a lot of people have been thrown for a loop. And I think that that's why the book may come in handy, even for a lot of folks that kind of had it all together, kind of had it all figured out, because the workplace and how you get attention and how you meet people and how you might ask for a raise or how you might build your website is just it's completely different. Uh, and I can't overemphasize enough, at least in, in my job, because I work almost completely remotely, how, how much that matters, how many people have said, even to me, like, how do I do this? You know, I, I don't, I don't even go to an office anymore. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so that kind of like fear of the unknown, it seems like, seems like a very good silver lining of timing for Brad Batter. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I hope that, you know, listeners, whether this is in your day job or things you're selling on the internet, that you promote your work a little bit more. Uh, I think about, like, people who's, maybe you're in the consignment industry or resale industry listening to this, or maybe you're not, um, and want sort of a pick-me-up. I hope it can do that. And it's all hard. Um, I feel really lucky that this book was already done. I've been in touch with friends who are working on books now. I would not be able to write right now. We don't know what the world's going to look like. It's too hard and sad and scary and tiring and all of those things um, to write right now. And, you know, brag better. I feel like I wrote from a really strong position of like, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be fun and great. Um, But I don't think I could do that right now. So, so that is a nice thing, too, is that it's done. I'm like, it's done. Let's give it to the people. Let's give them what they want. But for listeners, you know, just thinking about these big themes, how, I mean, I love all of our listeners. I don't know all of you personally, but, like, I feel like I do. And I want you to be happy in your work and in your careers and in what you choose to do. And hopefully this is just another, like, skill I can teach you. Uh, one is secondhand shopping and how that can save you money and, get you to learn the stories of clothing and I mean it's sort of like well what does brag better have to do with it never gets old and it's funny because I have forever avoided doing something about secondhand when I clearly know so much and when I was initially setting up this show and I talked to Sarah about it for a long time I thought it was going to be almost exclusively interviews because I was like well what do I know enough about like this like I'm not an expert hello uh so That's been an exercise in bragging better. Uh, I was really nervous to do this project. And a year later, we've banked a lot of episodes and had fun and have you guys in my DMs or emailing. And I, you know, having a fan send me like custom masks, like it's really, really cool. So the decision to put myself out there in this way was something that I care about so deeply in this case, secondhand, and I guess sort of brag about it and, and my understanding about it has lucked out for all of us. There is some crossover here because as I'm always saying to you, okay, I'm learning with everybody else on, you know, how to, you know, I'm, I'm going to start selling all my stupid stuff that, well, it's not stupid because some, somebody hopefully will love it on the other side, but it's stuff that I'm holding on to for no reason that I could make money on and I could put out into the world and make somebody happier with. There is something similar to me about the concept of not wanting to brag about your achievements and just being like, eh, I, don't know, I don't know. It just sounds like it's just like I have to be too extroverted and that freaks me out. And the idea of it never gets old and being 
kind of more on, you know, an assertive route when you uh, deal with consignment. Totally. And I love that. I love that too. And I want to highlight something you said too, which is like, oh, that makes me feel like I have to be more extroverted. So I did 30 original interviews for this book. Incredible people from Susan Cain to Dream Hampton to Claire Saffitz, Gia Tolentino, and then many more incredible, incredible people. Susan Cain is the reason why we talk about introversion and extroversion. She published Quiet uh, in 2012 and it you know, remained on the bestseller list for like 200, something insane, 200 weeks, something crazy. It's all about the power of introversion. And I am never telling someone to be louder in a way that doesn't work for them. So like Sarah, like many people would say, you know, you flourish in an audio setting, you host other shows, like you've been on TV, like that would scare a lot of people potentially, um, you know, and maybe you're more introverted and you do whatever works for you, whether that's in print, online, audio, you know, bragging better is never about changing who you are or reinventing the wheel. Like it's just emphasizing what you're good at and playing it up in ways that work for you. can get brag better wherever you order books consider supporting indie bookstores right now we hope they can reopen you can also order it on amazon more info on the book is at brag-better.com you can get the kindle you can get the audiobook thank god sarah has helped me over the past year with audio because because of my podcasting background i was able to record the entire audiobook at home which was hellish but great uh so you can hear me read it to you you're already used to my voice so i mean if you really want to hear me talk for like however many hours straight not about consignment but reading the book to you that's something that can happen uh and as always with it never gets old you can find us online at ingopodcast.com you will learn more about me your host meredith Feynman, my producer sarah lane links information social media we're at ingo podcast on twitter and instagram slide into those dms email us anytime at hello at ingopodcast.com and we'll talk to you soon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.